0: George. It's gone. George has done it. George has well done it. Ryan, Ryan Ross Sunderland. It's there. It's 3-0. Thomas Chuck to the midfield. Hello and welcome to the 155th edition of the Guna podcast. This is your host Kevin Witcher, and we are recording this on the Wednesday evening between the defeat at Crystal Palace and the visit to Middlesbrough on the same evening that Leicester are hosting Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. Not that that is of any interest to us. As traditional, we'll start with the panel intros a little briefer than normal this month, as I have been somewhat short of time today. (laughs) So first up, a man who, on the Wenger scale, has been a 10 for some considerable time. The man with a tattooed arm and a revolving door love life, drinking (laughs) sparkling water. It's good evening to Mr. David Udo. Good evening all. Uh, Next up, he's moved over about four seasons from a one- through to around about a nine on the Wenger scale. This evening nursing a bottle of pale ale. The original founder and editor of the Guna. Hello to Mr Mike Francis. Good evening everyone. And last but not least, a sometime contributor to the Guna website and author of a book on last season entitled It's Happened Again. Um, Google it if you wish to buy it. Um, it's his second time on the podcast and whereas... On his last appearance, he was probably around about a 2 on the out scale. I suspect he may have moved up a notch or two in recent weeks. With the Guinness in hand, it's a warm welcome to Mr Tim Charlesworth. Good evening. Right, gentlemen. So, basically, after... I mean, in the, in the February recording, we just lost to Chelsea and Watford. In the March recording... We triumphed over Lincoln, but also had lost to Bayern and Liverpool. And uh, this time, well, what do you know? It's, uh, it's more bad news because we're here two nights after Palace away. Um, so it's your fault. It's my fault. <laughs> the scheduling is all down to me, and uh, maybe I should uh, have these things in the summer, I don't know. But... Uh, Let's uh, try and get through quite a few um, questions that have been submitted by Twitter, email, and even Facebook through uh, uh, Mr. Rudo's uh, call out to his, uh, his, his followers. Or fan it? club. My fan club, club have been in touch with his regular, regular. regular <laughs> I'll start one with. Um, I'll start with uh, a regular questioner, Jonathan Houseman, He tweeted, "What would it say about the club?" Should they still offer Arsen Wenger a new contract when there's no basis at all to do so? And just checking, I have another one of a similar nature from Pete Mountford by Twitter. Would the club really be stupid enough to think that two more years of Wenger is feasible? Um, I mean, do we think the club are actually going to give Arsen two more years? All oh, right.
1: I'm not sure we should say the club. I think it's it's Stan. That's the only yeah, person yeah, yeah. that matters. And do I think he could offer them a new contract? Yep. Do I think he cares? No. Nope. Do I think he's got his finger on the pulse? No. Nope. Do I think he knows what the result was on Monday night? Probably not. Does he not
0: take part in boardroom discussion?
1: Does he not get feedback from... I think mean, he gets feedback, but... I don't think it, it makes any difference to his viewpoint. His viewpoint is, I'm in this to make money, and we're doing very nicely. Thank you very much. And he probably credits Wenger with a lot of that. Um, do you think, rightly or wrongly?
0: Do you think? Rightly. How, apparently, if we if we were not in Champions League, there would be a, a 50 million shortfall in the normal turnover. Um, do you think that would have any impact on Stan Kroenke if that's, if that's the deciding
2: factor? Potentially, but if we don't qualify for the Champions League, uh, I believe I'm correct in saying that players get a pay cut, both in terms of their base and in any bonuses that exist, which will be close, uh, close to, to zero at that point, I would have thought. Um, ultimately, as, as Mike implied, ultimately uh, Kroenke's trophy is that of Dar. Uh, at, the, at the end of every quarter, to be frank. And we're, we're looking at a man who married into the Walmart family uh, and has used that money to buy the St. Louis Rams, uh, the, uh, you know, the only NFL team anywhere near Missouri, to be completely frank, and he does what any owner would do, he sold them out. And they moved to Los Angeles last summer, because there's more money on the West Coast than there is in Central centre of America. Um, I'm glad we're in London rather than in Newcastle, otherwise we would have moved down here by now. Sport is now, well, in, in light of the 1992 change from First Division to the Premier League, when the Murdoch family and David Dean, sadly, realised that football is the new Hollywood, um, this is where we are now. Uh, Arsenal are the same as Manchester City, who were turned into a brand to be sold worldwide into New York. Manchester United, who everyone laughed at in paying £96 million for Paul Pogba, but within three months had sold £150 million of shirts with Pogba six on the back of it. We're all about money now. Uh, if a broke, don't fix it, uh, the people who run the club from a business point of view don't know anything with regards to football as a sport. Wenger is turning money over. Um, and, and yeah, OK, we're 14 this time, but because we're going to save money in terms of clauses in players' contracts, Cronky just sees the EBITDA. That ain't changing. The, club, uh, the team ain't changing. Would the EBITDA change with a different manager? No, not not
3: instantly. But look, I, I don't buy this. Um, I don't buy this idea that that Kronke doesn't care because the way to make money from a football club is to increase the value of the football club, and success increases the value of uh, the football club. So look, let's not kid ourselves. Kroenke is not a lifelong Arsenal fan. He doesn't feel it in his heart the way that we do. But that doesn't mean he's not interested in success and. To go back to the original question, I think it's inconceivable that the club will offer him a, a, a two-year contract. I know this is sort of, you know, this is the accepted wisdom uh, in the in the press world and, and the internet world. I think that's inconceivable. I don't know, and the problem is, you know, we we can all speculate what Stan thinks, but the fact is, we don't know. The, the Arsenal boardroom is remarkably good at keeping its thoughts to itself. And we, you know, as, uh, as as fans, we tend to speculate and assume that we know what they're thinking, and I don't think we do. I would be stunned. I don't know what Cronky what thinks. I would be stunned if they offered him another two-year contract. I think it would be an absurd thing to do, uh, and I would be amazed if they did. Just looking at it from a business perspective, it would be a mistake. But you said they that
1: success makes money, yeah. So therefore, have we been successful over the last ten years? When during which time the value of the the value of the club, has grown enormously and stands gone. Thank you very much.
3: Yeah, but but all ships rise on a, on a all ships go up on a rising tide, don't they? The the the, the, the growth. In The value of Arsenal, and it undoubtedly has grown in value. My analysis is that roughly cronky 's probably doubled his money he 's made more money out of Arsenal uh, than anybody else, you know depending on what he could sell for today you know until you until you try to sell you don 't know what the price available on the market is, but he 's certainly made a good uh, uh, return not. Really, because of Arsenal's success, simply because the game has continued to grow and football clubs have continued to become more valuable. But that's the, my the, point. The best thing you can do is be Manchester United, because Manchester United is worth probably twice as much um, as Arsenal. So the best thing you can do is win a lot of Champions Leagues and uh, Premier Leagues, that will really make you a lot of oh, money.
2: I disagree completely. What you can do is you can start to, re- to arrange pre-season tours of um, those entities you haven't visited yet, such as Australia or, the we- or uh, America and the West Coast as we did last year, because ultimately it's globalising the brand. As you see with NBA games now taking place at the O2 every year, an NFL game taking place at Wembley Stadium, soon to be Tottenham Stadium in a few years' time, it's all about globalisation of your brand. We're still living on our history of the Invincibles, and we can still carry on doing that for a little while, because thankfully, Premier League will license that footage worldwide for everyone to see. Manchester United living on their glory from the 90s, Liverpool still living on their glory from the 80s. That's what we're relying on at the moment, and that's the brand that we can market. I mean, if you think about in the, in the 90s, I mean, everyone's favourite basketball team was the Chicago Bulls, because people knew Michael Jordan and that post. As a result, we get people now still have their Chicago Bulls um, hats. I mean, they've not won anything for God knows how long. Arsenal got a nice badge, which was redesigned back in 1999-2000. That's on everything. The ridiculously good-looking Frenchman Olivier appears on every single poster, and that's enough to uh, uh, to uh, market us worldwide along with the pre-season friendlies. Well, my, my
0: point there is what difference, then, would it make if someone else was managing the team? team. Is Wenger part of that
2: brand? Well, yeah. I mean, if anyone, everyone remembers when Puma took over from Nike a few years ago, in all the pre-match builds up all the voiceovers of all the videos were done by Arsenal, um, which was just odd. Awesome. He literally puts the Arsenal into Arsenal, so it would be a complete rebuild. So, I mean, sadly, it, c- it couldn't just be a football thing because ultimately. We're a bigger brand than Leicester. We've had more games on TV than Leicester. As a result, we get more TV funds than Leicester. I mean, don't forget, we finished second place there first last year, but our prize money was three million better than theirs in terms of TV runs. Uh, as long as we're big enough to go on TV, that's all we need. So it's not just rebuilding the team from a football match winning point of view, it's rebuilding the brand.
0: Interestingly enough, um, I read uh, this afternoon that the Arsenal Leicester game was originally a TV game, but it's been replaced by you a Tottenham match, I uh, <laughs> can't remember, it was against Southampton. Against Southampton. So on that level, you know, maybe a sign of things to come, and maybe the TV income won't be quite what it was. Um, I mean, Tim, I'll come straight out with it. You have a theory that Arsene Wenger has decided himself that he will go in this summer.
3: Yeah, I think so. So, so if you read the interview after the... Uh, West Brom game he says I've made a decision Uh, now I mean that could be an outright lie but it's a strange thing to lie about Mm -hmm. Um, he says I've made a decision now you know there are two possibilities he's made a decision to stay and he's made a decision to leave if you're just in the wake of losing a terrible game to West Brom and a 10-2 aggregate defeat to Bayern Munich is that the moment that you decide to stay I don't think so. You know, If you've made a decision at that moment, the decision is surely to leave. Um, and, and also, you can, if, if your decision is to leave, you can make that decision yourself. If you're asking Wenger, you don't have to talk to anybody about it. If you make a decision to stay, you have to talk to the board about it. I don't, I don't accept this sort of nonsense idea that there's a, a contract sitting on the table that all he's got to do is put his signature on and, and off we go. So I'm pretty sure he said he'd made a decision... it it had a ring of truth to it to me, that decision to my mind can only be that he's decided to leave uh, or to not renew his contract Uh, I imagine he's communicated that to the board we're hearing whispers aren't we and sort of Chinese whispers that the board are doing things we don't quite know what they seem to be trying to restructure the club well I imagine they're trying to to get in a director of football and and, and create the post Arsene Wenger structure that's that's required. You know, we all know part of the problem is he does more than one role uh, at Arsenal, and and replacing him will not be easy. So, I imagine that's exactly what they're doing now, and they probably don't want to do that in public. They are generally good at, at keeping their thoughts to themselves, but I imagine that's what's going on now. They, I I would strongly suspect Wenger has said, "I'm not going to renew your contract." The contract. The board hopefully had prepared for this eventuality, uh, but now they're preparing for it even uh, more vociferously, and and uh, and I suspect they have been doing for a while. The moment I heard him say that, I thought, that's it, he's decided to go.
2: What do you think the reasoning behind the 67-year-old man whose wife left him two, three years ago, whose daughter is in the early 20s um, studying veterinary science at Oxford, Cambridge, and living with her fiancé-to-be, and uh, has been living in the same house and working the same job for 20 years now, what do you think the reasoning behind him rejecting this renewal, if he wants it, of the contract, and what's he got going on? That's a genuine question. No,
3: no, I, 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 I think it's a really interesting question, and I think... Uh, you know, there, there's some, some perhaps, uh, some sometimes slightly disrespectful sort of review of Arsene Wenger's personal life. But I think there must be some truth to it that that uh, you know he is married to that job, um, and there's no doubt about that. And, and you know, on a personal level, you kind of fear for the guy. You know, you, you kind of think, gosh, what's going to happen? I guess there are two obvious options: one, he gets a job as another football manager at a different at a different club, or two that. Maybe what the board are thinking about is some kind of director of football role at Arsenal. Maybe his time at Arsenal isn't finished. Um, uh, you know, even if his time as manager is. I don't know. I hope the poor guy isn't be uh, held out to dry. But mm. at the end of the day, however much uh, you know, I'm a massive fan of Arsene Wenger. I think he's a great guy. But you know, our club comes first. You know, <laughs> it existed before he arrived, and it all existed after he goes. So. I mean, you said there that he, you, you feel that
1: he's made the decision to go. Gazidis at the Fans Forum the other week said about it will be a mutual decision, which you, you can spin any which way, I suppose. But, you know, I was like, well, if it's a mutual decision, I'm, the only way you're going to get to a mutual decision realistically is to sign a contract. Because otherwise, surely one person is just going to say, I'm going. And, the, you know, it doesn't matter what the other person thinks, then really does yep. it? Yep. So, And why wouldn't they have announced it, if the board were aware? season you ticket yours. Right, but that, that, wouldn't right.
3: that push that was, them up? Um, was, yeah, yeah it could be all sorts of things <laughs> going on. So, so they might be trying to appoint a director of football. Um, it might not be Arsene Wenger. They might be negotiating with somebody. They might even be trying to appoint the next manager, uh, so that when he says, when he says, I'm going, they've got a, a ready-made replacement to say, right, you know, like Man City did... With Pellegrini and, and Guardiola last season, they might be just simply negotiating. You know, and these things are tricky to negotiate. They take time, as particularly if you're Arsenal, uh, they take a long time. Um, you know, I suspect there are things going on in the background. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it just that to to me, that scenario fits the facts that I observe. It's an it's an
0: interesting viewpoint, certainly, and not one I've heard very often. So. I hope you're right, is, is, is all I can say to that. Just to
2: finish that off, an interesting point about uh, raising Arsenal to negotiate. I've got this horror situation now where well, we spend all summer flirting with this new manager and then on transfer deadline day, we and Madrid pinch him for twice the money and Andre Santos ends up as player manager.
0: <laughs> or whoever else Dick
2: Law can find. You, enough, know. Enough you have of a great <laughs> imagination, though.:
0: Enough of the Udo nightmares for this uh, episode. I will now move on to um, the, the protests. I've got a few different questions here. Um, I'll, I'll run through them. First of all, Nick Cowan, uh, who came through David's Facebook uh, appeal. If Arsenal if, if Ars confirmed that Wenger is staying for another two years, do you think that the protests to have him removed will continue, uh, he also asked, should the target of fans' ire be Wenger or the board? In particular, Cronky and Gazidis? Um, I've got Robert Gregory, who emailed, if Wenger is offered and signs... Uh, the contract, this supposed two-year deal. Does the panel think the protests will continue into next season, or is it contingent on how events unfold? In other words, it will fizzle. Out, will it fizzle out in the unlikely event of improvement, whereas it could actually get more toxic if matters spiral downwards? And finally, MBG, a regular commenter on the uh, website, says if fans that want Wenger to go and agree his time is up, but want him to go with respect and not because of protests and don't want the protests, how do they expect to get rid of him then? Because if there's no protests, he'll definitely not walk. They can't have it both ways. Do they want him gone or not? So, I mean, I will collect those together with a few questions. Um, I've name-checked everyone, which is the main thing. Um, Firstly, do you agree that protest is necessary to force change.
2: It would do if we were a club like Liverpool. I remember their protest on the season ticket prices going up when, uh, I think they were playing Everton at home, and uh, after, 80, uh, after a, a crucial um, minute, which, which reflected the price of the, the season ticket. 77. T- that was it. Um, basically, the whole of the cop left, and that got um, the owners, Fenway Sports Group, to take attention. They
0: were 2-0 up at the time.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> The game ended in 2-2. Two, two. The, uh, the point I'm making is, is, is that um, ultimately the cop ended and that made people sit and take notice. The unfortunate thing about Arsenal is whilst Arsenal fans are absolutely everywhere and there are loads of us, um, the supporters, the people who pay for the tickets in terms of the, uh, the game, then, well, the people who take part in the protests are a very, very vast, vast minority of that in the sense that I, I know every time I give up my tickets, one or two games a year I can't go, they're immediately snapped up uh, by whatever tourist will take it. Because, again, we're a brand. We're like, whenever we go to the States, we go to a baseball game or an NFL game or an NBA game, you know, it's just being there. And we are in the nice part of London for, uh, for uh, sporting tourists to want to go to. Um, so, ultimately, whilst we made efforts with the 13-minute um, protest against West Ham... It was noticeable, noticeable if you wanted to see it, but if not, it's just like a lot of people who stay in the 12 pins until 5 to 3. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think, it,
1: it, I agree with it, I agree with the point of the process. I think it's, mm. it's you know, I agree with the principle of them. Um, have I joined any of them? No, that's personal choice. Um, I can't be bothered, quite honestly, um, which is, I know, a wrong attitude. and. But it's one reflected by a lot. Lo- but I think it's one reflected by a lot, yeah. And I, and I think there is still a bit, you know. Even I was at the Palace game on um, on Monday night and that was my first away game for a few months. And I was actually quite shocked at, the, at how, how it was the majority that was like. Well, it certainly appeared to be the majority that were, you know, saying we want Wenger out and, you know, you're not fit to wear the shirt Is that at the players, clearly. But um, And that's the away fans. And the away fans are clearly where the where the passion is um, you know, they're the ones that do give the support you, know, you go to a home game and it's, 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 it's peace and quiet isn't it for 90 minutes you know, in an away game and you, you don't even get to sit down um, and I, you know, I love that I love the, love the atmosphere of the away games but I was like, really shocked, I was like bloody hell, it, this is turned mm-hmm. now whether that's because of the protests or because of the results or a mixture of the two, I don't know but I think the protests, are, they, they've had the effect of getting it in the public eye getting plenty of press about it But will that be the determining factor? Probably not. But one Monday night, the chance on Monday night, couldn't be missed. And that might make more of a difference.
0: Tim, do you think the protests have any genuine impact at the club? Or do they think this is just a few uh, loud-mouthed yobs voicing off?
3: I mean, as i said earlier, I think they're probably a bit of a waste of time because I think the decision's already been taken and I think it's going to go. If we put that aside, I think we are, uh, as a group, we're not great protesters. Uh, We're not very frightening. uh, Well, the way I I (laughs) see it is the protest
0: is not attending the game.
3: Yeah. And that that really, what impact
0: does that really have? None. Unless everyone
1: does it. Yeah, this, and, and to Dave's point, you know, and I think, I think that the COP one was really effective because the volume of people, and it was the COP where, you know, the most passionate thought was supposedly situated, we're never going to get that. Because one, we haven't got an area where that would be, and two, they, we just haven't got that sort of crowd anymore. Um, you know, over the, over the 10 years since we've moved to it's become more and more Gentrified. Is that the right word? Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, we, are, we
3: are a gentrified crowd, There's and, no yeah. doubt about it. I, do well, you, that's you not think a criticism, the stadium but... would ever
0: turn on the manager, the home crowd? How do you mean turn? Vote Start for the... chanting for his exit.
1: Yeah, I do. I think. I think if it got, what, the, what, you know, how many are we talking about? You, the no people, exceptions. the people that are likely to be vocal, yes, they would. The people that are likely not to be vocal, no, they won't because they won't.
0: All right, I'll give you an equivalent. Okay, the Aston Villa home game about four or five years ago, we were two 0 down. They announced the attendance to sixty thousand, and <coughs> the crowd would chant at sixty thousand. You're having <coughs> a laugh in pretty good number. They also say as chanting something like. 6% you're having a laugh because that was the rise in the season ticket prices that was planned. So, if you were at that, that game, and if you remember it, that was significant enough for Arsenal then to stop announcing the attendance figures on the screen.
1: Yeah, but I think that that, that, that was that's aimed at the faceless board, if you like. Hmm. Yeah, I think aiming it at Arsene Wenger, who whatever whatever people think about him they should still be held in a lot of respect for what he's done for the mm. club and that's probably the bit that stops me you know even on monday i was there and i was like i i i, I agree with what you're chanting but i still can't bring myself to chant it why
0: not because i'm telling you arson doesn't respect you
1: no i, I, I know i know but that's, well i've done nothing for him but he's he's given me a lot of enjoyment no, but over the years you
0: paid his wages night like. In all uh, fairs, I've, I've paid a very, very many, small many part years, of his wages. yeah paid his wages. Agreed. Uh, uh, great, and he thinks your opinion is worth diddly-squats. I'm,
3: I'm not arguing I'm with I'm that. I'm not
0: sure I accept that. I'm not really? sure I accept that. Really? No,
3: I think he does care about uh, the Arsenal fans. I think he, over the years... He you really has, think he cares? I really do think he cares. I think he understands that he operates in a complex environment... And one of the people that he has to satisfy are the fans. And I I honestly think he understands that he is not satisfying the fans. So if you look at his press conferences in the early part of this year, in January and February, when things were really dire, he looked really upset. More upset than I've ever seen him look. Now, I think he's cheered up a bit when you look at the more recent conferences. And I think that's because he's decided to go think' okay. I think, he's, I think it, the reason he 's cheered up is because he 's decided to go i think he was i think he was really feeling the pressure and he was he understood that this was the end of the line uh, and he really wanted results to stop it being the end of the line and they didn 't mm-hmm. and I, I, and i think he he 's got to that point now you know it 's not his only concern a football football he 's like any other football manager he has to take into account the, the, the views of the board uh, and, and the views of the players and lots of different, it's a complex environment to operate in. But he does care about the uh, fans. He's, you know, he's, he's not let us down. He's done his best for us over a long period of time. And I think now it's not working. And I think he recognises that.
0: Right. Well, you have obviously got your theory that he's going. So, it,
3: you know, on that level, I accept it. Um, but it's hard for him to say that, Gavin He can't come out in a press conference and say, "I know I'm letting the fans down. I'm an idiot." No, don't you know, say I'm an idiot. He can't come out. And but say
0: he, that, he, he, he? he does. He does say it. I mean, the sort of the off, the, the pat statements about you know he wants the fans
2: to be happy. He wants fans to be happy. You know, and uh, yeah, and
1: that. That's, but, but I think you'd say that whether we cared or not, because that's but I agree with you. To, you know, <coughs> I, I, the, the buying Munich game. Away game um, was the first time, and I, I, I kind of you know, I try not to watch Wenger press conferences because I know he's always going to say something that will annoy me, whether I take it rightly or wrongly, irrespective. But I watched that one, and for the first time, I went, I actually feel quite sorry for him because I think even he's re- realised. This is it.
0: He's being paid 8.3 I, million a year I, I,
1: for your sympathy. I, I, I yeah, forget me. It's it's football money. Football, to me, to me, to me <laughs> yeah, but to me, as a football fan, I'm not interested in money. I'm interested in watching my team be successful. So that's what, get, that, you know, I'm putting the money to one side, rightly or wrongly, and I agree that, that it's a big check to get at the end of the year to, to be failing, what, or what we term to be failing. But just seeing him as a human being... I felt genuinely sorry for him. Mm. But i and, but, but, and thinking that, you know, but I think that he's realised that's it. I think so. I have to say, since then, I've kind of, made maybe because he has made up his mind, maybe as Tim says, he's made up his mind of like, oh, maybe I'm not so sorry for him anymore,
3: but, um, and, but we'll see. But he's not, a, he's not a guy who's interested in money. He's not a guy who buys Ferraris and yachts and, you know, he has an awful lot of money and he doesn't have particularly expensive tastes. You know, he, he's, he's always been keen to make sure he gets his fair whack at Arsenal as a top manager, which he used to be. Uh, and, you know, that's all it is. I, I don't think he's interested in earning another £8 million or another two eight million. Well, he would have gone to China um, if
0: that was, story was true. Mm. If that was the case, I accept it on one level. So his, his priorities may be different. Anyway, let's move on to the players, because we've got a couple of questions. Uh, Nick Cowan again Um, this is his last one from him are the recent performances of the team due to them being rubbish or do you think they're trying to get Wenger removed the same way Chelsea did with Jose Mourinho and the midfield corporal on Twitter said if Arsene Wenger said he was off do we think the players would work harder to give him a a fitting send off after all they lost 6-0 on his 1000th game now, has he lost the dressing room? What, what is happening with these players? I mean, Palace away, that's a game we <coughs> normally win. Uh, but after the game, Walcott admitted it, Wayne, Wenger admitted it, Palace were more motivated, they wanted it more. Mm. How could that possibly be the case?
2: At the, at the, the height of our form, a uh, comment I remember from, from David Seaman, uh, was, uh, which he's repeated a few times I've seen him, was that... Um, Aside from speaking amongst each other, uh, the dressing was virtually silent. Uh, aside from, uh, as, as I mentioned, apart from the odd conversation between players, And think wouldn't say anything apart from not even a rousing last 30 seconds in an Al Pacino in any given Sunday uh, type speech or anything like that. Just, um, I would have thought, you know, keep up um, good quality, good spirit, I imagine would be the words that he uttered, but wouldn't say anything at all. So that was when we're doing our best, whereas now the whole thing is broken. All I see are 11 players coming, out, uh, coming off the bus, not speaking to each other, or with their headphones on, listening to anything apart from Stormzy, as the papers respond, uh, uh, reported this morning. So I, I think it's, uh, we're, we're just a bunch of teenage girls, is the team, uh, and Wenger's the granddad rather than the father. You know, it's, I, I don't think he's got any influence over the dressing room, to be completely frank. In answer to those questions, I don't think the players are particularly trying to get him out. I don't think they're particularly trying to keep him in. I don't think they're trying in any way, shape or form, apart from being very trying. So, I mean, would it make any difference if we just didn't have anyone managing the team? Well, at I the moment. Well, yeah. I don't know. It, uh, for the first time in three years, Steve Bold can, you know, um, st- start speaking, get the clip of the full Monty out when they're talking about, you know, Lumber puts his arm in the air and you set the offside trap. I mean, or teach Mustafi what a tackle actually is and where the ball and where the legs go. I mean, maybe, but, um, I mean, Gazidis is a brilliant CEO. In terms of running our football club mm. as a business, and the amount of official endorsements and sponsors and partners we've got, it, we're getting to the same level of the likes of Liverpool and Manchester United. Are you sure about that? No. I th- all I know mm. is I've got a brilliant Dujardin <laughs> watch, which I've never heard of until we signed up with them. Look, we're no. making a lot of money that way. That's because Edith's role. From the actual football sporting side, we don't need a, chief executive, we need a chief executive officer overseeing a commercial officer, a communications officer, a financial director. Um, we also need a director of football. We haven't got one. Because that's Wenger at the moment, the only person able to actually pick his replacement would be Wenger. Therefore, we cannot sack him, because no-one knows how to replace him. So that's why we're going to have to persevere with him until the end of the season, and the players can do what they want. OK, does anyone have a different view in terms of the players? I think,
3: I think in some way, I'm not sure it's quite the same as Mourinho, I think in some way he has lost the dressing room. They have lost... Uh, I think they've lost belief They've lost belief that if they listen to him, things will work out okay. And that's a real problem with football players because football players need to act as a team. They need to accept the role that they're given in the team and they need to carry that out with faith. And when they start to lose belief that the manager is a good leader, you've really got a problem because then they'll start, then they'll start behaving as they see fit. Uh, on a football pitch and it looks to me like Arsenal players are behaving as they see fit um on a football pitch and not working or not working very well to a coordinated predetermined uh plan so yeah in that sense i think he has lost the dressing room amazingly for the first time in 20 years you know, what's, what one of the remarkable things about Wenger is his teams have always looked like more than the sum of their parts. And finally, we look like less than the sum of our parts. I don't think this is such a bad squad. I think there's some really good players yeah. in this squad. But they are not delivering what they should be. And they're certainly not delivering what, what most Wenger teams have done, which is more than they should be able to. And this team is not. I think you're right. I mean,
1: I think, I think it's the belief factor. I mean, like you know, you were looking at players on Monday and they, they're still doing what they've always done, but nothing is coming off now. You know, passes that would go to feet before are now going a yard wider than the player. And because they hit their pace, they run into touch. Um, I, I, think, I think the players have lost belief in each other. You know, I mean, Sanchez has always been a one for holding on to the ball too long. But, you know... I'm not sure he played a pass on Monday night, or certainly not one that was any very valuable. Um, and a number of times, Monreal overlaps and he just ignored him, and was <laughs> embarrassing at times. Um, yeah, and that's not criticism of Sanchez. You know, he's still our best player, <laughs> and, but that's not that's not anything to say anything much at the moment. But yeah, everyone's just looks awful. I think mm-hmm. Lee Dixon quite tweeted something, didn't he? He said, uh, yeah. you know, every player has an off day. Unfortunately for Arsenal, all eleven are doing
2: it tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, all I know is, I mean, before every game, one of the things that I do like seeing um, on, the, on the two video boards at, at, uh, at the stadium is um, you see Arsenal captains in the past with clenched fists, staring at each other, um, saying, fucking come on. Uh, but you see Adam say that. You see Kean say that. The most recent one is um, Roma 27th choice centre-half, Thomas van can you, I mean, do you ever see anyone in this team speaking? I mean, my, my brother's a Premier League photographer, and he's remarked on a few occasions, whenever he's pitchside, the only Arsenal player you ever see, say, uh, see, uh, hear say anything at all is Wilshire, who's been fobbed off to Bournemouth ahead of his move to China in the summer. You know, we're a team who operates in complete silence. It's Doesn't Mustafi bark a bit? Uh, well, yeah, but my German Sasha Albanian's not brilliant, so I, I wouldn't know what he's shouting at me, to
1: be honest. Mm. It wasn't the wasn't sort of funny thing, I mean, I think Kev said this before, is like, actually, the whole scenario around Arsenal at the moment is actually quite entertaining in some ways, you know, not, not on the pitch, but everything going around it, and one of the great it was just hilarious when I read it, it was um, was it the Man City game where, we, where Walcott went off at half time? No, um, Captain. Which one?
2: No Captain. No Captain. No captain. Yeah, Koscielny. Yeah. And, uh,
1: and we're getting him, and it's yeah. like, Koscielny, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Shelly went off half-time we didn't nominate a captain for the second half, and, you know, going, Arsenal oh, had no captain. And it was like, tell me something I didn't already <laughs> Which, know. You know it's like... <laughs> yeah.
2: But it's just like, you couldn't make that story out. Uh. Our captaincy's a curse at the moment. I mean, Merzisaki got it and his legs fell apart. Before that, it was Arteta. Before that, it was Remarland. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, just to bring in a, a question I won't have an opportunity to otherwise, Paul
0: Grant's... Uh, mm. Asked what is the actual point of Gabrielle. Now, I accept what he's saying there, but my question then is Are we surprised Murta hasn't played at all since he's been fit, reputedly, since early January? I and mean, why hasn't he started the game?
2: I, I, I think it's a shame that he's 34 and the legs have gone. Because I think technically and, uh, and, and uh, tactically, he's our best defender by a country mile. So uh, to say I'm surprised is an understatement. All that Gabriel's proving is that dreams can come true. Um, <laughs> oh. uh, and I'll but, sit down after that. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> to
1: be fair, when he came on against Man City at half-time, we mm. all feared the worst, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And he actually had quite a good second half. Clean sheet. You know, the like second thing
3: you're... is a bit odd. It's a bit odd that he hasn't given him a few minutes at the end of games from the subs bench. You can't, You wouldn't expect him to throw him back into the uh. In, I think we need to be leading or him yeah. I'm I'm to put a defender us. on us. <laughs> well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe the opportunity hasn't arisen, but... Um, if I
2: can uh, had a couple of FA Cup games against Schitton, that would be a good, uh, good platform yeah. in which to get yes, the former German uh, captain
3: again, uh, uh, a uh, game, you know? That, that, mm. that is, but I like Gabriel. I think he's, when you look at him, he has all the, all the attributes of a good player. He doesn't seem to be able to put them together, and he doesn't seem to be able to find his place and his role uh, in our team. But then can anyone at the moment? Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I say I feel sorry for any defender in
1: Arsenal's team over, over the last ten years because they don't really get coached on it, do they? You know, but you look, you look at, you look at, go back to the nineties, the George Graham team, where we, where we had some very mediocre defenders. I'm not talking about the, the famous back four, mm-hmm. you know, Colin Pates, Andy Linigan, and, and they all seemed to look good when they played mm-hmm. for us because they played well, better than they really were, <laughs> um, because they were taught how to
3: defend and playing in a really good unit. Yeah, you got to enough. remember, we do essentially play a back two. <laughs> oh, you yeah, know, yeah, we yeah. do. We do push our um, our wings, uh, uh, fullbacks or fullbacks yeah. or whatever you want to call them. We do push them forward, and that does expose central defenders.
2: I mean, that was a scary and worrying comment from Sam Allardyce um, after the, the game on Monday night, which was a, by the way that Arsenal plays. It's, it's just two defenders because yeah. the the are playing as wingers. It's like yeah. if this manager, who the country slates. Um, uh, pointing out something as obvious as this, yeah. it's a proper. I'm not being funny, but, but the thing is, Vega's probably watching that, thinking, "Damn it, he's on to me." <laughs> 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 no, but to be fair, the Invincibles played like that. Yeah, we, we, we played say, oh, like that, that for an difference. awfully yeah, long yeah, it time. The was your Vieira.
0: Yes, your your yeah. your midfield protected the back four.
3: Yes, yeah, so we had the players who could cover the yes, gaps yes. that that created. So they don't so now. This is not a new innovation that we're suddenly playing. Yeah, like but
0: that. Is, is the 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 players that the manager has brought in to the team he never replaced Gilberto Silva
3: no absolutely and that's absolutely, yeah, obviously we don't have the players to, to carry that off uh, anymore and it's an interesting question as to whether anyone can carry that off uh, in modern football with, with modern teams being more athletic actually Will that system ever work? Whatever players. If only Encante um, was
2: available in the summer for less money than Granite Xhaka If only. Or
0: or or for less wages than Arsene Wenger, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> anyway. Um Let's move on to the decline. Um, <laughs> what are we going to talk about now? <laughs> <We're on for laughs> I've grouped these questions. I don't know why I use that title for these ones. Um, I'm going to bring in a family relative of Mr Udo, his cousin Joe. and uh, We already had your brother, the yes. photographer, <laughs> mentioned. But Joe asks, Arsenal haven't come from behind in an away game at half-time to win in five years. Does that show a weak mentality and is that down to the manager? You have great mental strength. <laughs> oh, that's what I, well, that's <laughs>
2: all I ever hear. Mental
0: strength? Uh, I mean, in fairness... Um, I don't know how many times we've been behind in an away game in five years. I suspect quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> must be a few. Yeah. But the, the team of old would come from behind. But 1-0 uh, down, 2-1 up was
2: the name of the...
0: I think, I think we've covered the mentality of the players at the moment. Uh, so we'll move on to another one, roughly in the same subject area. And uh, that comes from the indie band Lux Lisbon. Yeah.
2: Facebook. I, ironically, I don't see them at the score in a few weeks' time. <laughs> yeah. Facebook chums of Mr Udo.
0: How far down the table would you have to go to identify another team where both Walcott and your hopeless Swiss midfielder would both get a regular game? <laughs> dot, 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 Watford, question mark. So basically they are asking would other teams give Walcott and Xhaka first team starts. Well, can I uh, well, can
3: I comment on Xhaka? because I love Xhaka. Yes, uh, uh, Xhaka has got something about him, and I think I think we can all see that. He brings a uh, a vision of passing, which is very unusual uh, in modern footballers. The problem is, he comes with a whole lot of weaknesses as well. Particularly, uh, doesn't seem to be able to to control himself going backwards and to not not hacking people uh, to pieces. But I I you know coming into the premier league as a central midfielder is a tough thing very few players make a huge success of it in the first season a go ha- of no canter no some do I'm, I'm saying very few i'm saying very few um, it's a tough uh, uh, it's a tough ask and to come into a team which is kind of falling apart makes it a lot harder as well my suspicion is that we will Uh, be very pleased with Xhaka in seasons to come. He's had a a funny old season. He's shown signs of talent. He's he's also made some horrendous errors. Um, If he can can sort that out and if he can adapt to whatever kind of team we end up having uh, last season, I think he'll be a really good player. I'm I'm, I'm excited
2: by him. I agree with him completely, to be honest. Um, If you think back to the European Championships last summer... Two of the outstanding players, uh, one of which who made the team in the tournament, were Chaka and, for me, Aaron Ramsey. But if you look at the two teams they played in, they played in 4-3-3. And within that 4-3-3, you had Ramsey as one of the attacking three, and you had Chaka as the centre of the three for uh, for Switzerland. Um, We've been doing 4-2-3-1 for seven years now. It ain't worked. It ain't gonna work. And in a 4-2-3-1, both Ramsey and Chaka are redundant. I mean, he's he's my favourite player by, by a mile, Ramsey. And I think if he, I think if you put a player on the market, uh, see who comes in for him. And I think if Ramsey went in, went in on went on the market, you would have the likes of not maybe Barcelona or Real Madrid, but play, but teams of that ilk. Um, same with Chakir. I mean, a lot of uh, rumours that um, when Arsenal got hold of him from um, from last um, uh, last summer, um, Bayern Munich were thinking, damn it, two years time he fits into this team absolutely perfectly. So there is something there. So, so uh, repeating what was mentioned earlier. Um, the squad's good enough in places, but it's the instructions they get from their line manager, which just aren't good enough. As for Walcott, I wonder what Chinese nearly likes. Because I think that's where he's heading. Because nowhere else is been like it. Yes. Yeah. any to
0: into-
1: yeah, I mean, I, I was I, before David came in. You know, I was going to say I agree. I agree about Zach as well. I, I, I think he's got something about him. I, I like him. I like the, even the one he got sent off for against was it Swansea. It was just like, yeah, I mean, it was a bit uncultured. But you know what? It was it was the sort of tackle that we've been crying out for players to make. When there's somebody on a break, bring him down. Don't care about the ball. Bring them down. Okay, he went a bit bit over the top. But and, no,
0: he should never have been sent off. It was a, it it
1: was was a, a ridiculously harsh sending off. But, yeah,
2: it was a bit Willy Young, on but it, all it, hour, yeah, it, it, it was. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It, it was it was
2: not positionally.
1: <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Just in terms of hat. you're
2: going down, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, um, well, look, so I agree with these two guys. Uh, Walcott. The thing is with Walcott, and I, I never quite understand this. His stats are good. You know, uh, he still he scores in he the big scored, games,
0: doesn't
1: he? He scored I don't know, I don't even know how many goals he's got, but it's fifteen, sixteen this season. Mm. Yeah. Um yeah, if you said that at the start of the season, Phil will get sixteen goals, you go, Well that'd be alright, I'll settle for that. Um yet somehow he still disappoints. Mm. Um I don't quite get that. It's, it's perhaps just because after he's scored he then disappears for the remainder remainder of the game. He scores in big games, but does he score crucial goals? Struggle to remember many.
0: Captain material? God, no. <laughs> That'd
1: be ridiculous.
0: <laughs> well, it's an arson to think so. Of,
1: of the 11 players that were, or probably yeah, the 15 players that regularly play, he's probably the least captain material.
3: Absolutely.
1: I can't think of anyone more. Nice guy.
3: Well, he does captain. disappoint, doesn't he? He's not lived up to his the expectations which we had for him ten years ago. There's no, no the walk up we've got now is as good as it's gonna get. It's barely, He's not gonna get the expectations I
2: had for him for six months oh, yeah. ago. <laughs> feel, sorry I for, feel sorry for a man who's only physically capable of playing sixty seven minutes before he has to get substituted. <laughs> well that's what happens every week. Mm.
0: Right, well I mean let's have a little bit of uh, ironic nostalgia here from Joe Gagliardi who tweeted historically how does this sour period in club history compare to others? Now, I suspect this is a memory uh, quiz in a way. I mean, Mike, you remember the 80s? Yep. Do you remember the 70s? Little. Tim, you remember the 80s? Uh, I do, but
3: I was a child, so, so yeah, you're not going to remember So you're not going to remember the 70s. On the world, don't you? David,
2: 80s? Um, I started watching in 88, but I remember the um, the George Graham, John Jensen, Glenn Helder years. won't forget those.
0: Well, OK, because we did finish quite low down the table in the 94, 95, I remember. Yeah. Um, so is this a matter of perspective?
1: Yeah, but football's changed in that time massively. Having said I don't care about money, I'm going to bring money into it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, wages have gone through the roof, what you're paying for the game has gone a bit silly um, yeah, and that, that, that just changes everyone's perspective, the media I actually, I actually do think you know, forget social media, even just what's in the papers, I was talking to somebody the other day um, partly because I've been clearing out my mum's flat recently and we, we've been finding things wrapped up in old papers from the 80s and you open it and the sports pages are free You know, there's free sports pages on a Monday and that's it, compare that to now where you've got Twenty-page pullouts and <laughs> and goodness knows what else, plus all the websites, plus social media. It's changed. It's not what it used to be. So um, when when somebody wants to have a rant, everyone's going to hear about it because it's just going to spread like wildfire. Whereas you know when there was the um, protest against Terry Neil after the Walsall and eighty-three West Brom in eighty-three, I was at the games and I was only vaguely aware of them. Um, you know, so, okay, I was probably a naive teenager, but I'm not going to give my real age, Uh, (laughs) but, um, you know, I I, I was aware they were there, I was aware there were a few people shouting about it outside the East Stand after games, but it wasn't the mass hysteria that you get now when when there's a protest with probably a similar percentage of the crowd, in fact, probably less now than it was then. Mm. Um...
3: Well, the world kind has changed, <laughs> hasn't it? The world's changed, so, so a few things have changed. Uh, interestingly, I watched the, the uh, 1989 Liverpool match the other day. I watched the whole 90 minutes wow. uh, as an well, interesting um, exercise. And, and two things I really noticed were the pitches have really improved. Uh, the ball runs truer when you pass it. Uh, and, the, and I think highly related is that the technical skill level of the players has improved massively. Uh, and also the... Uh, violence for want of a better world that the referee finds acceptable has also (laughs) deteriorated um, uh, quite a lot so it's interesting to watch that game and and I do think there is an interesting analogy between the end of the George Graham era which I do remember well and the end of Arsene Wenger and and I I love both of them I'm massive fans of of the pair of them but I do remember actually when the stuff about the bungs came out about George Graham not being that sad because his day had gone. And, and I think on one level I will be sad when Arsene Wenger finishes, but on another level I won't because I think his day has gone in the same way. OK. Um, um,
0: here's a weird one. Um, do you think the club would ever construe to lose enough points to avoid the Europa League? <laughs> Because we're looking at Thursdays and Sundays. Is that, that not season. what we're
1: doing? Well,
0: <laughs> we've got a long way to oh, go. Oh. I actually looked this up. <laughs> now, basically, Arsenal are at six.
1: They need shapes, don't
0: they've got. they? have played 30 games. They've got 54 points. Seventh for Everton, same number of points, played two more games. Eighth, which is where we would want mm. to be in that scenario, West Brom, played 32, 44 points. It would take quite a bit of doing. I mean, just, just to. There's also possibly ninth Southampton, 44 points, only played 30 games. No, sorry, 40 points, only played 30 games. Um, so, you know, they're in that equation. It would, it would really be a massive collapse. To, and also, West Brom or Southampton actually really picking up to get Arsenal down to the eighth. I mean, we are playing Europa League next season, aren't we?
2: Well, I mean, ultimately, it's at least eight more home games. Eight times three million is 24 million pounds. Even if uh, us not being in that competition could perhaps give us more chance of winning the Premier League, um, ultimately it's not it's not worth risking twenty four million pounds in in ticket um, ticket money. Mm. So in answer your question, I can't see the club. It's conspiracy. not eight
0: games, David.
2: Oh no, we're going to make it all the way to like the third group stage <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> there's you know, three. So there's three group games. Do they not have the two group? Stages, yeah. mm. Do they? I think so. Yeah,
3: I think you qualify like the old Champions League. Yeah. You qualify oh, for a second group. Yeah. 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 Uh. There goes our season ticket yeah. crap credits. I think it's <laughs> that so. second group where the teams that came third in the Champions League groups come I in. Think isn't so. it? I think so. I think so. I have if I'm gone. Do
0: they come into a group stage, don't they? Come into a
1: straight knockout. Oh, I thought.
3: I, I think they come into straight. straight
2: anyway, anyway, it's a shit competition, and it's going <laughs> to give us bonus ticket yeah. money. So the club would rather be in it than not be. Well,
1: Tottenham in the Champions League this year, didn't they? And they ended up playing a group stage of Europa League. Did they? Yeah, they are you yeah,
2: sure. It wasn't knockout.
1: Right.
3: Didn't they go straight? I think to that's knockout? right. I think they played a group stage. Hang on. No, no, a no. Uh, in in they the, the, no, the, the group
0: stage finished at yeah. They had gone straight knockout, wouldn't they? They went to play yeah. Jean in the first knockout round. Yeah,
1: no, you're right. You're right. Right. So basically, there's
0: only one group stage. There's three games there. And then Then, our
2: first knockout game, and we go out to Basel, (laughs) rather
0: than Basel That would be the last 32, (laughs) as opposed to the last 16. (laughs) So if we really wanted to remain consistent, we'd get through that first knockout round. And so we'd use up five cup credits there.
1: (laughs) Anyway. Well, I mean, there there was a a debate I I caught a bit of on Twitter today about, well, what are they going to do about season
0: tickets? Well, we know what they're doing in club level. Club it's, level have gone up 3 well,
1: Club levels have
0: put up 3%. But. They've put up 3%. <laughs> regardless of whether we make Champions League. Um, so it's like it or lump it for the club level holders.
1: So do you think it would be the same for general admission? There's
0: a waiting list of five figures. Well, uh, the bottom line is most Champions League group games are Grade B.
1: Two so, out of the three. Yes, One because, because
0: we're not the top seats anymore. Well, that's what they've done now. It depends who we draw, I suspect. But they can get away with Bayern Munich or whatever. Um, or PSG this year. Um, so, what? would they just call Europa League games grade B matches? Because then it wouldn't make a lot of difference in terms of the price.
1: They could do that. I mean, that, that, that's one scenario, isn't it? Is, I, I mean, They're the, not going to make the one, grade C, are they? Well, probably not. But there's going to be a lot of empty seats then, aren't
0: there? Paid for
1: Possibly. Well, yeah, probably. Unless people then go, well, hang on a minute, I'm not paying for my season ticket then.
0: But that's the point. People do. I know. Because they just want to hang on to that season ticket for the future. Because they think that
1: Arson great, might one it. day
0: not be there. And they want to be there if there's an upturn. It's they've got the spider balls.
1: You don't think they'll go down the, the sort of League Cup route and just remove them from the season ticket and say... Cut off it.
2: Ten pounds. Cut off it. <laughs> it's it's a Ten pounds. Some house are at home. Mm. You know, on a Thursday night, live on Channel Nine.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. Um, I haven't asked anything from Pradeep Kachala, who was another Facebook uh, contact of David's.
2: Yeah, you know, he used to do this podcast with us.
0: No, it wasn't. It wasn't Pradeep. That was another uh, uh, contributor. But,
2: Oh, definitely was because that's where oh, I, I
0: met him. That's how we became Facebook friends. That's right. Uh, oh my God, Jesus! A long time ago.
2: Oh, long six, time ago. years ago.
0: Yeah, okay. He was in a cook as an in Indian one night. I don't remember that. It never happened. Um, he says, "Who should be the next manager and why?" And also, would another manager do better with the current squad? We've we covered that last one. Um, he also asks, "Is this going to affect season ticket renewals, i.e., Arsene staying?" I see the usual talk of a war chest has made its annual appearance in the papers mm. just as it is that time of the season to think about renewing um, so really it comes down to I think out of that who would you prefer to take
2: over if Arsene wasn't going to be in charge next season any choices? after they hammered Barcelona 3-0 last night I'll pay for Max Allegri's flight to come over in a heartbeat Allegri a popular choice Mike
1: Yeah, I think so. I I think he's the the obvious one at the moment, isn't he? Um, Mm. And therefore it probably won't be him. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, frankly, if you were him...
0: Well, Premier League is money. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's
0: also an element of kudos. I mean, that is the league to manage in, unless you're going to manage basically one of three other teams, which is Barcelona, Real Madrid Madrid, or Bayern.
3: I don't know who else it is, I suppose. Well,
0: well looking at Thomas Turkle, Ter- the Dortmund guy.
3: And we are attractive as well, remember, from a manager's point of view, we're attractive in the sense we don't have the reputation of repeatedly sacking managers. <laughs> and that, you know, if you're yeah, a manager, yeah. that's a good thing. You know? mm-hmm. If you think you're going to get a fair whack at it.
1: Well, we haven't been a new manager for 20 years, so yeah. who knows what we'd be like. And, you know, the one before, actually, you know, the last but one manager did get sacked <laughs> off earlier yeah. season, <laughs> so... Honestly, <right>. so <laughs> yeah. we
2: borrow Primer, actually?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well this is another sticking point okay um, you know the, the club are briefing the press that if arson remains which makes me think that they're trying to get some leverage for this outcome that there will be massive changes um, a catalyst for change I believe was the phrase used words? Yeah. by the CEO the of the fans Forum. Forum so by this we're assuming that the club may be thinking ahead, may be thinking, okay, two more years of arson. In that time, we'll put in the structure whereby, when he goes, we won't just have this sudden. Got to change everything in one one go. Um, so there's some football operation structure in place, which isn't dependent on who the manager is. So that would mean a director of football. It would mean not the manager determining who does the scouting and presumably some of the other stuff influences, such as the, the fitness, conditioning, work, the medical stuff, you know. Um, is Arsenal going to accept that?
1: It's is Arsenal going to accept is
0: that? Is going to accept
1: that? Based on prior experience, no. He
0: said in 2013, I could not work
1: under a director of football. Yeah, mm. well, I mean, he said a lot of things over the years, I wouldn't take them all as gospel, but... <laughs> it's certainly one that I could believe more. I just, you know, if you look at what he's done over the twenty years he's been at the club, anything that wasn't in his control became in his control. Uh, it, he's a control freak, you know, and I, I don't say that as, as, as necessarily as a criticism, because for a lot of that period, it worked. But the game's changed. We've already talked about that, and you look at you look at so many of the, the successful managers as they are now. They do change their number two player, uh, their, their, their you know coach, assistant manager, whatever you want to call them. They do rotate, you know, rotate the squad more than Arsenal's done. You know, they don't remain loyal to players for as long as he does. Um, I, I, he likes to control the finances. You know, the quote about if if the board gave me a hundred million, I'd give it back to them. That sort of thing. You know, he's not. And he wants to negotiate. He he will only buy value, and if well, the, if, thing, the a goes, director
0: of football would take the negotiations you know, right out of the first team coach's hands.
1: I can't. I can't see Wenger putting up with that. I, I think. I think if well, his that that reasoning
0: of, for not accepting one was that he would get the blame for the players bought by somebody else.
1: And I acknowledge that. And I don't, you know, however, you, you can think that's unfair in the, in, in a lot of ways. But that is football these days. That is how most clubs work. Um, and tough if you don't like it. Game's changed. It's moved on and you haven't moved with it, arsenal I'm very sorry.
3: Mm. Okay. I, th- but, I think this but, director of football thing, in some ways, is more problematic than who will be the manager. When you start to think about who could we appoint as an effective director of football, who the rest of the board would trust to assist them... In recruiting the next manager, because that's one of the key roles of a director of football, you think, my God, who who on earth could fit that bill? I mean, mean, for fun, I thought the other day, well, I'll tell you, who would fit that bill would be David Dean. (laughs) And and, and you do wonder if maybe, you know, the people who really hate David Dean uh, actually aren't on the board anymore. And, and you Well, Kizik is Hillwood's best friend. Yeah, so 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 they, you know, there is still that link. But but you know, um, Hillwood has gone and 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 has gone. So you kind of think, is and uh, it's unlikely. But you you just thought you never know. It's beyond that unlikely. Be, yeah.
1: Well, well, David, David nice. Dean was very good at what he did because he had all the contacts. A lot of those contacts have probably now disappeared. David Dean is now what seventy it's getting two, on free. Yeah. On. He's, yeah. That, that is not his position anymore but I would no, say I but, I, but I would <laughs> say who's the director of football at Chelsea who's the guy that got all the Tenoban? is it Tennebaum no he's, well, he's on the board isn't he isn't it the guy that got a lot of criticism under Mourinho for buying players I can't even think what his name is Yeah, but he, he's a mate of Abramovich's or yeah. Abramovich respects him and therefore what he says goes but exactly you don't know who it is it's not a it's well known, face, football known no. Who's the director of Man City? Isn't it Tixie Yeah, man- man, man- man, man, man. yeah. yeah? Okay. okay. who's made a reputation at Barcelona? But again, he's not a big name f- from a, with a big, huge football background, apart from what he did at Barcelona. Yeah. No, hang we, on, hang on. He
0: used bit. to play. He was a player. Yeah,
1: yeah, but it's not. It wasn't. You know, world class. He didn't suddenly become a manager and then move on. So you know, whilst I. I think it's, some, it's an important position, clearly. I'm not, I don't think it has to be a big name that has to be there, or a, or even a name. It, it just
3: be, needs to be someone who's good at the job. Good at the job, yeah. It not have to be an ex-footballer. I mean, we always assume it has to be a, a former professional. Could be an accountant. Yeah. Well, an accountant, <laughs> are, of, accountants are wonderful people. Um, but, you know, David Dean was a very effective director of football, although he never was never called that. He was a very effective director of football, he never played professional football. Um, I think, you know, you can have someone yeah. who's not... But I, I just... It's just not obvious to me who could possibly fit into that role in well, such presumably, a
0: way... I mean, the, presumably there are people out there who the club have contact with who can be recommended. You know? I mean, because he well, just isn't on enough UEFA committees to know people.
3: I, ho- I hope you're right.
0: I mean, I'll just have to, at that point, just put in that Peter Squire tweeted... If Fengo leaves in the summer, would the proposed new sporting director already have to be in place to help choose a new manager? So Mm. we've sort of covered that, but um, I suspect it it would be a board thing at this stage. Um, Because really the sporting director doesn't necessarily decide on the manager, the sporting director does the place. But would be
3: involved in that decision? You
0: well, it's only been know. consulted if they were established,
3: but who knows? I mean, knows? one of the worrying things is how much do we trust our board to, to make a good appointment?
0: Well, I mean, you know, if... if I mean, they've been talking to managers this season. Hopefully. Yes. No, they have been. <laughs> I mean, they've, you know, the guy at Red Bulls came out and told us that. You know, I mean, it would be nonsense to think they weren't sounding people out, like, because Arson hasn't...
1: Committed, you know. Which gave me a lot more confidence actually, that that sort of discovery than mm-hmm. than I'd perhaps had before. If you'd have asked me this the same question at the start of the season, I go that is my huge concern, you know. I I I think Wenger's time is up, but my huge concern is who who on the board do I trust to appoint to replace him? Um, and the fact that we are actually talking to people who fit the right bill, they might not. Mm, Who knows? None of us know what the future holds. None of us know whether they'll be the success we want them to be. But at least they're talking to people.
0: And certainly with the the amount that Arsenal can afford to pay, they can afford to get someone pretty decent, I would think.
2: If you're looking for someone who has got a brilliant managerial career, is known throughout his career for being a wonderful negotiator and handling club's finances superbly, and has been a lifelong Arsenal fan... When I was walking here tonight, I walked past Harry Redknapp hanging out of a car, and he is available for work. Is <laughs> his knees all right now?
0: Tripping, <laughs> For value. entertainment value alone, I'd right? take it. Uh, I've got just one more uh, question or i I've got to mention him, and I'll, we'll just briefly cover it. Walter White's uh, Twitter handle is BreakingBad55. <laughs> Considering Wenger has been allowed 13 years without a title, how long will fans give a new manager? Um, not as long. Not as long. I think we will be on the same uh, criteria as other clubs.
2: Personally, I, I, I disagree. I think there'll be more patience. The, 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 well, well, for me personally, what's angered me the most about the whole Wenger thing is, uh, well, the whole behaviour in the last 10 years has been. The club, nor the players, are not trying hard enough. I mean, the most proud of ever being of an Arsenal team ever was after uh, the Champions League final, when after Mad Jens got sent off after a quarter of an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, every, or the remaining ten players, that, well, apart from our moon, who fell over a couple of times, bless her, um, they, they ran themselves into the ground. When the final finals went, you've got them all spark on the floor. They physically could not stand up. i have never been so proud in my life. Whereas now... Um, I mean They're going off the pitch And they're doing this thing now Whereby the completely clean Never touched Alex Alterley Chamberlain shirts Are cut up into little bits That you can pay for £50 for You know We're not trying hard enough That's the thing I mean We've got a manager Who changes tactics every game With this brilliant squad we've got Tries his absolute hardest I'm going to have An awful lot more patience Than I've got at the moment With great strength Great quality I think people acknowledge That we're going to Need a bit of rebuild time So
0: as long as They can see
1: Signs of change I think there'll be some tolerance but it'd be interesting Is like it, there'll probably be signs of tolerance from the people that are demanding change now mm-hmm. but it's all the people that are there because of Arsenal of what Arsenal has become over the last 10 years will they be as tolerant mm-hmm. that'll be an interesting one and will be very interesting
0: alright on that note I'm going to wrap it up because we've been going for over an hour and uh I will just give a quick plug for the current issue of the Guna, which can be bought at the away game against Middlesbrough and at Wembley on the Wembley Way from the legendary Guna seller Alex. There, he might have a stepladder there so you can see him. There will be a new issue out for the home game against Leicester, which is the midweek after the FA Cup semi-final. And, uh, the issues can also be bought online and posted to, you, posted to you, if you wish to order them through the Guna website. And once again, to confirm the news that next season will be the final one that sees a printed version of the Guna, sold on match days at the stadium. The website will continue, but as we celebrate our 30th anniversary next season, it seems a good time for the fanzine to bow out. Unlike Arson, we won't hang around so long <laughs> that anyone wants to stage a protest march against us. <laughs> it's usually a reminder that you can contact us regarding anything to do with the podcast via Twitter at Guna Podcast and email unicapodcast at gmail.com Thank you for the questions and topics submitted for today. I'm pretty sure I covered everybody. And with that, it is goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. Mike. Farewell. And David. Allergy. We'll be back with a final edition of this season towards the back end of May in the midweek after the Everton game, by which time we might even have a decision on the manager next season. This is your host Kevin Witcher saying goodbye and thank you for listening. La-di-da-di-da, la di da dee oh good friends and jolly really good company. wahey! Well, hey!